Aren't you thankful that we can have victory in Jesus? Aren't you thankful that he's our healer and our deliverer? And you know the scripture says if we walk in a blameless way, we will be delivered. And so the key to victory is walking in repentance and aligning yourself with the word of God. And you know we're all a work in progress. It doesn't happen overnight, but the scripture tells us, you know, we receive Jesus as Savior. And then that begins with that, and then we walk it out, and then it says we'll be saved. We'll be ultimately saved. But it's a part of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, this is Jerry McGee, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. And I've had to overcome a lot of obstacles, not as many as some other people have. But thank God he's taught me some things that I want to share with you. And tonight the message will be on a spirit of stupor. And um, I'll just begin with prayer. Father, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Lord, we just ask you to uh, fill each home, each car, each whoever, however people are listening, wherever they are, with your presence. We ask you, Lord, to bring your glory down upon me and Dorothy and our families and every person who listens to this message. Father, we pray that your mighty Holy Spirit will move upon each person and that each person, Lord, will be healed, set free, and delivered in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray that tonight I be a tree of life. I pray for rivers of living water to come forth from my innermost being. Lord, we pray for the mid-elections in in the United States. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that conservatives will be elected, that people that love America will be uh, elected. Lord, we ask that there be no establishment person, no globalist be elected, no person who is trying to destroy the sovereignty of America. Lord, we thank you for our president, Donald Trump. We thank you, Lord, that he loves America. We thank you for the good he's done. We thank you, Lord, that uh, he has the best interests of Americans at heart. So, Lord, we ask you to surround every good person that's running with favor as with a shield. And, Satan, we break your power over these elections in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just pray that tonight each person will be touched by your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that tonight I be a tree of life. I pray that rivers of living water will come forth and be poured out upon each listener in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for the blood of Jesus. I ask you to cover us with the blood of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to put a wall of fire ahead of protection, you warring angels around us and every person that's voting. God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will put a wall of fire ahead of protection. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bind every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. We bind every person who's listening uh, with the fear of God, the conviction of sin, a spirit of repentance, and the truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name, we bind Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places from every person who will be listening in. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. We bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over the elections, spoken over the people voting, spoken over over us, over this program, over every person who's listening to this message in Jesus' name. We just bless you, Lord, and praise you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Well, the title of this message is called A Spirit of Stupor, 
But before I start, I, at the end of the program, if you want special prayer, you can call in at 646-595-78. I'm sorry. Um, let me start this over. 595-784. Did I say that right, Darcy? I'm reading this correct. Hang on just a second. Let me see if I've got this. It's 646. Six four six five nine five four seven eight four. Okay, thank you. I missed the letter. You <laughs> or never. <laughs> well, bless the Lord. Anyway, a spirit of stupor is a spirit that God sends. It's you know the New American Standard calls it a spirit of sleep. Uh, King James calls it a spirit of stupor. It works with lots of other spirits, like it. It's tied in with gluttony and laziness and, and drunkenness. And that's not just physical drunkenness, but spiritual drunkenness. Spiritual drunkenness is where people can be so spiritually drunk they can't stand up and um, never have a drink, not even a drop of alcohol. So there's a physical drunkenness and a spiritual drunkenness. Spiritual drunkenness is judgment that God sends upon spiritual adultery and upon harlotry. But a spirit of sleep, I believe, has our stupor has worked in us every person i believe in varying degrees depending on how deep it's been embedded in us um and it and it comes in when uh we don't walk according to god's word god sends it so many times we blame the devil for everything but um most of the time it's because uh god's allowing it because he's trying to teach us something so if we want victory want deliverance want healing you know, Jesus won the victory at Calvary, but for us to uh, to appropriate that victory, we have to align ourselves with the Word of God. And as we do that, uh, that healing will come. You know, for the last, uh, I guess in the last six months or four months, uh, I failed three times. And so I want to find the answer to that. I don't want to fall anymore. So I'm looking, I'm doing word studies on walk, um, pass, fall, fail, stumble, stumbled, stumbling, and now I'm doing walk, and I'm getting tremendous deliverance. You know, the Bible says he sent his word to heal me. And so as I align my life with the word of God, healing comes. And so whatever your problem is, the answer is in God's word. And the Bible says he he didn't send folks to heal you. The Bible said he sent his word to heal you in Psalms 107. Romans 11:8 says, for just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, in the Greek, stupidification, eyes to see not and ears to hear not. Now, you can see that it's a cause of eye problems, also hearing problems. Uh, one of the major roots to hearing problems is if you didn't listen to your mom and dad, you're not listening to God either. And so um, God wants us to be good listening list, listeners. It says down to this very day. And David said, let their table become a a snare and a trap and I don't know about you but the food table has been um, a snare and a trap for me most of my life and praise God now that I'm almost 80 I'm overcoming a whole lot still need help still getting delivered in fact every day is a a day of deliverance for me and you know if we ever quit getting delivered we're going backwards we're backsliding God wants us to be overcomers in Christ Jesus, and all the promises of God are to the overcomer. It said, let their table 
become a snare and a trap. And, of course, there's a table of the Lord and there's a table of demons. Many people are sitting under teaching that it's just a table of demons. And, of course, there's a food table and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened, which means to be obscure and not clear to their understanding. And, you know, we need understanding because it is the truth that sets us free. Hosea 4 says the people without understanding are ruined. And so we need understanding. Uh, the fear of God, the Bible says to turn away from evil is understanding. And it says, uh, so it would have eyes to see not, ears to hear not, uh, bend their backs forever, which is also one of the causes of back problems. And here are just some of the warnings from God's word. And this, there's a command in Ephesians that says, uh, wake up and do not be drunk. Ephesians 5.14 says, for to this very day, for this reason, it says, awake sleeper and arise from the dead that Christ might shine upon you. It goes on to say, be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can be filled with the Holy Spirit or you can be filled with the unholy spirit and People that are in this spiritual drunkenness movement are not filled with the Holy Spirit as they claim. They're filled with the unholy spirit. Because you know when the Holy Spirit's controlling you, you have self-control. You're not out of control. Proverbs 6, 9 says, How long, oh, how long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Romans thirteen eleven says, And this do, knowing that the time... Is our, and our, the, it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep, for salvation is nearer to you than when you believed. Luke 21:34 says, Be on guard that your hearts not be weighted down with dissipation, uh, which means debauchery, it means uh, gluttony, it means drunkenness, it means uh, sexual immorality, it means excess. It says that your hearts may not be weighted down. And, you know, when I was studying this this afternoon, I, it was a revelation. You know, I've been weighted down with weight. So probably uh, in my lifetime or in the generations, um, it's been a generational curse. Weight has been like a generational curse, and it could be other reasons. But that just kind of jumped out at me today when I was reading this, uh, that it not your hearts not be weighted down with dissipation which is excess, debauchery, drunkenness, um, and the and drunkenness and the worries of life that that day, speaking of the day of the Lord, may not come on you like a trap. So it's a warning us to be on guard that when the day of the Lord comes, when Jesus comes back, that that day doesn't come upon us like a trap. And if this is your lifestyle, uh, it actually can cause you not to have salvation one of the fruits of I mean one of the fruits of the flesh in Galatians five twenty one um, are some of the some more of the fruits of the flesh is envying, drunkenness, physical and spiritual drunkenness, carousing and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is just this is not a um a one-time sin. This is a, a practice, a habit, habitual. Uh, it's a lifestyle. Like if someone were to describe you, would they say you're a person that envies, that your description of your character is drunkenness, carousing, and things like these? So it's not an all-conclusive list. 
but um, basically we can't walk in the flesh. We've got to walk in the spirit. And and here are some things that open us up to a spirit of sleep is fruitlessness. You know, John 15 says, you're to my dis- bear fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And if we don't bear fruit and if we're not disciples, it goes on to say that we're cut off like a branch and thrown in a fire and being burned. And so fruitlessness will cause us to get cut off. And it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. And that only can take place in our life when we deny ourselves. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so the only way that that fruit can be produced in my life is when I choose against myself. And what that means is to choose God's way over my way, his way over my, his way over my way, his plans over my plan, uh, his plan over my plans, his attitude over my attitudes, and his way and word over my way and my word. That's what it means to deny myself. I like what Derek Prince said. He said, your cross is not your mama, not your daddy, not your husband, not your wife, not your children. Your cross is any place your will crosses God's will. That's what your cross is. And so for us to follow Jesus, we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow the Lord. And it's not an easy thing to choose God's way. But when we do that, we die to ourselves or deny ourselves. The, the life of Jesus, the manifested life of Jesus comes through. And, and love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, that's his character and it's his nature. And so I can never be those things, but only as I let go of my life, then his life is made manifest in my life. And so if I live a fruitless Christian life, then I'm turned over to uh, what I just read in Romans, um, of, of a table that becomes a snare, um, a food of my back bent forever, and etc. We just read that in uh, in uh, in Romans. <coughs> Excuse me. The next thing would be lack of diligence. Proverbs says the diligence shall be rule shall rule, but he who deals with a slack hand shall be put to forced labor. Proverbs nineteen fifteen says laziness cast into a deep sleep. And an idle man, <coughs> excuse me, will suffer hunger. I'm getting over a cold. I'm catching Healy. <coughs> Laziness cast into a deep sleep, and an idle man will suffer hunger. And that's another thing that when I was preparing this message, it was a revelation to me. One of the reasons we're hungry is just because we get idle. I know myself when I'm bored or I'm idle, I want to eat. I mean, I think about the ice cream that's in the freezer, or I think about the cookies, or I think about the <coughs> the chips or whatever. So when we're idle, we suffer hunger. <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm coughing. Anyway, I'm glad I'm not coughing on you. Another is, is just giving God lip service, and this is, I'm going to ask Dorothy to read, Isaiah 29, verse 9 through 14, in the New American Standard Version. Dorothy? All right. Yep. 29.9, Isaiah. Be delayed and wait. Blind yourselves and be blind. 
They become drunk, but not with wine. They <coughs> stagger, but not with strong drink. Stop right For there. For the Lord. See the, okay. Right there. In other words, they're drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not because they've had any alcohol. Okay, go ahead. For the Lord has poured over you a spirit of deep sleep. He has shut Stop your right eyes. There. The sometimes, okay. sometimes we blame the devil for doing things, but God does it. So go ahead. He uses the devil, but it can't happen unless he allows it. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. That's okay. Okay. He has shut your eyes, the prophets, and he has covered your heads, the seers. The entire vision will be to you like the words of a sealed book, which when they give it to the one who is literate, saying, please read this, he will say, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book well, will be given we, to the one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We didn't practice this. We're just uh, ad-libbing, huh? But anyway, if you yes. to give the Bible... I'm going to give the Bible to the person who's literate, the one who has all of the book learning, and he'll say, I can't read it. I'm going to give it to the one who's illiterate, the one who's had no education, and um, say, I, please read this book. And he says, I can't read it. You see how the, the, the spirit of stupor, the spirit of sleep, has blinded their eyes so they can't even get it to read the word or have an understanding of God's word. Okay, go ahead, Dorothy. Then the Lord said, because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Therefore, behold, I will once again deal marvelously with this people, wondrously marvelous, and the wisdom of their wise men will perish, and the discernment of their discerning men will be concealed. And that and was fourteen. And you see, in the body of yeah, and you see, in the body of Christ, for the most part, there's there's no discernment, and we need discernment because without it, we'll perish. And so God sends a spirit of sleep when we give Him lip service. In other words, we pretend that we love God, and the church is full of people like that. They say they believe in Jesus, but they, they, they're they not producing the fruit of a changed life. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And so there's lots of people that have received Jesus, and that's certainly where it starts. I'm not criticizing that. But if there's no fruit produced in their life, if they're not willing to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow the Lord, then God gives them over to a spirit of sleep, a spirit of drunkenness. Okay, the next thing is taking the Lord's Supper with sin in your life. <clears throat> you know, in 1 Corinthians 11.30, it says, For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and some of you sleep or slumber. You know, if you, most people don't even know that if you take the Lord's Supper with sin in your life, you know, when the, when the cup and the bread's passed in church, if you take that with unconfessed sin in your life, it opens you up to sickness, sleep, or even death. 
And then, you know, very few people even know that unless they read the scriptures. I mean, I've, I've only, I think I've only heard one pastor ever say that before they take the Lord's Supper. When I was pastor, I always warned people, get your heart right before you do this because it'll open you up to judgment. And, you know, then if a person does know about it, they may be too full of pride and they don't want anyone to think they got sin in their life, so they just go ahead and take it anyway. So if you've done that, you need to repent. And as you, as I teach this, if you'll be repenting as, as we go along, you'll get a greater deliverance. Another is spiritual harlotry and spiritual adultery, and that's and basically all of it is rooted in that. And that is when we pray a prayer to receive Jesus, we're going to be the bride of Christ. And when our heart goes after another lover, we commit spiritual adultery. Our spiritual harlotry is another way of saying it. And basically all of these things go back to my loving something more than I love Jesus and committing spiritual adultery against Jesus. But Jeremiah fifty-one thirty-nine says, uh, when, when they became heated up, I will serve them their banquet and make them drunk that they may become jubilant and may sleep, <coughs> sorry, a perpetual sleep and not wake up, declares the Lord. <coughs> I'm sorry. Jeremiah fifty-one fifty-seven says, and I shall make her princes and her wise men drunk, her governors, her prefects, and her mighty men, that they may sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake up, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And I bind every spirit that's making me cough in Jesus' name. <coughs> Lord, I ask you to move upon me and upon me, every listener. Uh, Psalm 60, verse 3 says, Thou hast made thy people experience hardship. Thou hast given them wine to drink that makes them stagger. Now, you know, in the table of the Lord, there's good wine and good bread. And uh, the table of demons is a wine, but it's the wrong kind. And it's the wrong kind of bread. And so God gives them the wine that makes them stagger. And you see this in, in churches that are claiming to have revival when people are so drunk they can't even stand up. And I, these people, I found that these people, it's hard for them to receive truth after they get involved in that. Revelation 14.10 says, and he, also, and he also will drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of his holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Revelation 17.2 says, <clears throat> with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of, of immorality and those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. Speaking of the harlot, and the her refers to, you know, when we're going to be the bride of Christ, men and women will be her, we will be the bride of Christ. Another thing that opens the door to it, and it's all it's all idolatry, it's all spiritual adultery, but gluttony. And drunkenness, you know, loving food more than we love Jesus, or loving alcohol, loving anything more than we love Jesus. Ecclesiastes 10 says, Blessed are you, O land, whose king is of nobility, and in whose princes eat at the appropriate time for strength and not for drunkenness. I tell you, in my lifetime, I have drank for, I've, I've eaten for, Drunkenness. I'm sorry. I've never been a person to drink alcohol, 
but I have eaten foods so much that I felt drunk, and I'm sure those of you can agree with me who've done that. And so it tells us to eat at the appropriate time for strength and not for drunkenness. Proverbs 23:21 says, For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. So you see a person... If we get clothed with rags, it means we lose our spiritual garment and we're spiritually naked. And you can be sitting there fully dressed with clothes on, but in the spirit realm, angels and demons and God can see you sitting there naked in the spirit realm. We'll talk about that a little more toward the end. And some of the symptoms, and this is varying degrees depending on um, how deeply these things have been embedded in you, how deeply, uh, how much was in the generations before you because the Bible says the sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. But what, then you can have one of these symptoms, you can have a few of them, or you can have all these symptoms. And so as I go through these, be renouncing and asking God to forgive you. Uh, one would be stupor or stupefaction, which is a physical state in which responses to stimuli are suspended. King James says slumber, quickling sensation, like, you know, the, like your limbs going to sleep. Now, you know, you can put pressure on your arm for so long and your arm will go to sleep. I'm not talking about that. It would be like if there's no pressure on your, butt, on your limbs and you would feel a prickly sensation as if they're going to sleep. Drowsiness and sleepiness, a slumbering spirit, prickly sensation as if the limbs falling asleep. Lethargy, a state of uh, sluggishness or inactivity, lack of energy. Indolence is habitually laziness, like a sloth, the quality of being lazy or idle. Slothfulness, aversion to work, um, disinclined to work, just laziness. Sluggishness and inactivity. Drowsiness and sleepiness. Torpid suggests a suspension of activity characteristics of an animal in hibernation, a decrease in physical alertness and mental activity, mental numbness, uh, eyes that see not, physical uh, physical blindness and spiritual blindness, physical hear, uh, physical uh, hearing problems and spiritual hearing he, hearing problems. It can be one of the roots to back problems. People who have this spirit are not good listeners you know you maybe you're not a good listener or um but even if you're a good listener you probably know people that you tell something and three months later they act like they did you know you tell them and they'll say well you never told me they don't listen i used to have a, a farm where i ministered to people who came out of drugs and alcohol and satan worship and all kinds of stuff and I would send them maybe to the to the feed store to get the, the 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 potion that was in the yellow container, and they'd come back with the green. Or when people were being directed to the farm, and I see this uh, even now when I I have a, a a business here, a kennel business, and I people call to come and pick up a puppy, and I'll say, now when you get a certain place, stop. They'll go any further, you'll get lost, and they'll they'll go right by it. They don't listen. You know, over and over and over, the Bible says to him who has ears, Jesus said, to him who has ears, let him hear. 
they all had ears, uh, but they didn't have spiritual ears. And if you have a problem listening or if you didn't listen to your daddy or your mother and you have a problem uh, comprehending instructions, uh, you need to you need to get delivered from that. Uh, a person can seem dazed or stunned in a stunned condition. Uh, stupor means to lose one's bearing in a state of bewilderment. Perplexed or puzzled to be distracted. Um, you know, sometimes we can get so much on our mind that we're distracted. A focus of our attention, our interest, lack of focus. Disconnected or disorganized. Apathy, a feeling. Uh, feeling or showing a lack of interest or concern in, or being indifferent toward others. Uh, coma, which is a state of often prolonged unconsciousness, usually the result of uh, injury or disease or poison. Muscular rigidity. Uh, maybe uh, it's like a stiffness to hug. You ever hugged a person that has has been under a, a, a spirit of stupor? Hugging as stiff as a board. <coughs> Physical and psychological disorders, epilepsy, schizophrenia, a sleep-like state, heightened suggestibility, heightened suggestibility hallucinations, a false or mistaken idea, a delusion, mental disorders, delusions, a false notion, a false belief, visions of grandeur, having fantastic, impractical plans of our desires, daydreamers, fantasy, imaginations, the power of the mind to form images, especially of what is not present or of the senses, flight of fancy, make-believe, pretending, camouflage, cover-up, make-believe, unable to comprehend, understand, and retain the Word of God or to retain learning disabilities, pretense, the act of pretending a false appearance Something imagined or pretended, disguise, camouflage, cover-up, sensation, trying to impress others, to be boastful and to be showy, to try to show off, seeing things that are not there, having strongly held false beliefs, false notions, error, false or mistaken ideas, illusions, detachment from one's physical surroundings, lacking awareness uh, or the capacity for sensory perception, emotionally unresponsive, numbness, lacking in sensitivity in the feelings of others, just not caring really, unfeeling, having no physical feeling or um, sensation, passionless, not romantic, frigidity, not sentimental, 
apathetic feeling or showing a lack of interest or concern, indifferent. I've seen that in my life. Thank God he's bringing me out of it. Lacking of enthusiasm, lacking enthusiasm or excitement. Um, expressionless, devoid of emotion, blank mind, appearing or are seeming to appear dazed or confused, devoid of thought or impression, not able to realize or draw fine distinctions, not receptive, you just don't get it, don't understand things, Unable to be analytic, analytical, lacking in effervescence or sparkle, lacking in flavor, incapable of physical sensation, motionless, distant, alienated, isolated, reserved, Unsociable, withdrawn, introverted, cut off, multiple personalities, and now they call it disassociative identity disorders as just um, just demons. A person that is extreme multiple personality, they may like one month, they may like chocolate cake, and the next month like strawberry cake, depending on the personality. And, you know, psychology calls this altars, but they're really just demons that come in through, usually come in through satanic rituals or through trauma. Another is emotional, emotionally uncommitted. People that claim to be believers, they do believe in Jesus. They do believe that they believe in God, but they there's no commitment. How can you walk with God without there being a commitment? Disconnected. It's kind of like, you know, if you pull a plug out of a power source to cut off an appliance, a person that's disconnected is disconnected from the flow of God. Aloof, distant, physically and emotionally, reserved, remote, lacking personality, and that's in extreme cases. I've, I've known several people in my life that were just, they were so bland, there was just no personality. And that usually comes in through, you know, childhood trauma. Passive. A passive person is a person that might um, receive or be subjected to something without uh, responding in any uh, responding or initiating any kind of action in return. Accepting or a person that's passive, he'll accept uh, and submit without objection or resistance or complaint. A lot of times that comes in through how they've been treated growing up. Unsympathetic, hardened, hard-hearted, lacking uh, compassion and pity, incapable of being penetrated and affected. And I thought of uh, the scripture says you can you can pound a crush a pu- um, grind a foo in a pestle, or in a martyr with a pestle, along with crushed grain, and his folly will not depart from him. 
<clears throat> incapable of being penetrated and affected. And that's really a picture of a person that's got a lot of walls around their heart, incapable of physical sensation, mm-hmm. lifeless, unresponsive, unaware of feelings and needs of others, cold-hearted, devoid of sympathy, cold and devoid of sexual desire, unmindful, exhibiting no feeling or warmth, <clears throat> stone-faced in extreme cases. I know one particular girl, and I'm not making fun of her, her at all, but she was just stone-faced. There was just no expression in her face. It was almost like a face of, of a person was so was so fearful that it just like all the blood left their face. <clears throat> stony-hearted, you know, God says in Ezekiel, he'll take out our stony heart to give us a heart of flesh, unreceptive or closed, calloused, stagnant not moving or flowing. You know, you've seen a stagnant pool of water, like when the water's flowing, it's not stagnant, but it might. you might see, if you've ever been to a creek or a pond, you might see a, a little kind of a little cove where the water collects, and because it gets no oxygen, it turns green and stagnant. In Zephaniah 1 and Zephaniah 12, um, it talks about a person that bows down to the host of heaven uh, bow, uh, claims to know God, but they also bow down to the, co- the host of heaven. And God says he'll punish those with a stagnant spirit. Shows little or no sign of change. Lacking vitality, indifferent, or unaffected by joy, grief, pleasure, or pain. Stoic. Intellectually weak or obtruse. <clears throat> preoccupied, absorbed in thought, and I see how this has probably applied to me in the past. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not careful now, because I've got a lot of things going on, and sometimes you might act like you don't care, but you're you're deep in thought. And and not to say that's particular bad, but that um, we shouldn't be so preoccupied that we don't reach out and love people. Lacking knowledge or awareness, uh, not paying attention, heedless, unobservant, a uh, person that has this spirit sometime in extreme cases. I know one particular guy that was in our ministry, there could be something right under his nose and he wouldn't see it. He didn't even see it. Oblivious, forgetful, fatigued, dazed. Um, a way to describe that, if you've ever... Uh, lived in the country or where bird, where there's birds in your yard and it's like say it's the springtime a lot of time male birds will fly into your play glass window and they'll they, they think it's uh, they the male bird thinks it's a, an, uh, an opponent he doesn't really think it he doesn't really realize it's him and he'll just keep on hitting the window seeing his reflection thinking it's another male bird and he'll actually be dazed Confusion, uh, to make gloomy or troubled, feel like a fog, a haze, or a mist is over your life, dim, lacking brightness, weakness, to make it become weak or weaker, paralysis, loss of sensation over a region of the body, benumbed. 
and you know this this condition depending on how severe it is can actually cause us to lose our spiritual clothes lamentations 421 says rejoice and be glad O daughter dwelling in edom and i guess that's a picture of a person that's living in that claims to be a believer, but they're living worldly, uh, who dwells in the land of us. But the cup will become around to you as well. You will become drunk and make yourself naked. Ezekiel 16:39 is speaking of a spiritual harlotry again. <clears throat> if you read Ezekiel 16, it says, O harlot, hear the word of the Lord. And it's speaking about spiritual harlotry, which is a person that, says they love Jesus, but their heart goes after other idols. He says, I shall also give you into the hands of your lovers, because around every idol are demons, and they will tear down your shrines, demolish your high places, uh, strip you of your clothing and, and your jewels, and leave you naked and bare. Ezekiel twenty three twenty nine says, and they will deal with you in hatred, take away your property, and leave you naked and bare. And the, the nakedness of your harlotries shall be uncovered, both your lewdness and your harlotries. Amos 2.16, it says, Even the bravest among the warriors will flee naked on that day, declares the Lord. That's the day of the Lord. Revelation 3.17 says, Because you say I'm rich and I have become wealthy and I have need of nothing, and you and do you not know that you are wretched? And miserable and blind and naked And that word says Because you say that you're rich uh, And have no need of nothing Basically in the Greek It says because you say I'm absolutely abounding in virtue And Christian character Because you can just see a religious person Or religious spirit in that Don't you see that you're wretched And miserable and blind and naked And then he goes on to say But I advise to you to buy from me uh, gold refined by fire and white raiment to clothe yourself with. Because you see, the picture p- picture of idolatry causes us to be sent to into a perpetual sleep and to be made naked. Revelation 6.15 says, Behold, I'm coming like a thief, Jesus said. And he's not saying he's the thief, but it means you know, before the day of the Lord, he's going to release demons upon this earth. They're going to be coming out of the pit. And we see this in America. We just think, how in the world can it become any more evil than it is? Blessed is the one who stays awake, God says, and keeps his garment, lest he walk about naked and men see his shame. Now, uh, I'm going to ask Dorothy to read Matthew 22, verse 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent out his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast. And they were unwilling to come. Again, he sent out other slaves saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner My oxen and my fattened livestock are all butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their way. One to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest 
seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. But the king was enraged, and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw men who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, throw him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And so that's really a picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb. In Luke 14, says it a little bit different. It says the same thing, but it says it a little different. It says some God invited them to the wedding feast, but some that one man said, you know, I bought a farm, and the other one said, well, I married a wife. In other words, really don't have time for you, Lord. So he said, go out the highways and byways. And when the wedding guests were there, he found a man that had no wedding clothes. And so we've been talking about these scriptures that says you're going to walk about naked on the day of the Lord. And so we can be all dressed up in our finest physical clothes, but we can be spiritually naked. And so praise God, he wants to cover us. But basically it comes through repentance, through us aligning our life with the word of God. And Jesus rebukes those who do not clothe the naked. You know, in Matthew 25, he talks about the goats and the sheep, and the goats sit on the left. And we see this in politics. These left-winged people are goats. And, of course, you know, one of the symbol of, symbols of Satan worship is goat head. It's goats. Anyway, and then he says in the, the, those that sit on the right, there's those that sit on the right. There's those that sit on the left. And the ones that sit on the but Jesus said in Matthew 25, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And it, in the, if you read in Ecclesiastes, it says that the, that the righteous sit on the right and the goats sit on the left. David prayed this prayer in Isaiah 13. Verse uh, 2 He says Consider and answer me O Lord my God Enlighten my eyes Lest I sleep the sleep of death And so if you're listening To this message and you've never You just believe in Jesus with your head But it's never got down in your heart To transform your heart So that you can be born again Then you need to um, Pray with me and uh, be repenting if you can agree with this prayer, and then we'll just do do deliverance. So, Lord, I just ask you to forgive me for being a fruitless Christian. Lord, I've received you, but I haven't been willing to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you. Lord, I've committed spiritual adultery against you, against my bridegroom, Jesus. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me for not walking according to your word, which would cause you to send the spirit of sleep. A spirit of stupor upon me 
God, I ask you to forgive me for idolatry. God, forgive me for being fruitless, which would cause you to give me over to a spirit of stupor, a stupefaction, eyes that see not, ears that hear not, um, down to this very day. Uh, God, I ask you to forgive me for fruitlessness and idolatry. It would cause my table to become a stumbling block, a snare, and a trap. Lord, forgive me for uh, allowing food to be a stumbling block to me. God, I ask you to forgive me for this sin that would cause you to cause my eyes to be darkened, obscure, a lack of understanding, eyes that see not, ears that hear not, and that you'd have been my back forever. I ask you to heal my back if it needs to be healed. I ask you to straighten out everything that's crooked. Lord, I ask you to forgive me, and I just, Lord, I choose to wake up and arise from the dead so that you can shine on me. And, Lord, I ask you to shine upon every person that's praying this prayer. I ask your glory to come. I ask for your presence in every person's life, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just ask you to forgive me for a sluggishness, uh, inactivity, being lazy, idle. Forgive me for gluttony. Lord, forgive me for not being on guard. Forgive me for letting my heart be weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. God, I ask you to deliver me from any future traps. Forgive me, Lord, for envy, drunkenness, spiritual drunkenness, physical drunkenness, carousing, practicing these things. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for being a fruitless Christian. Forgive me for lacking diligence. Forgive me for laziness that's cast me into sleep. Uh, God, forgive me for a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, not taking care of my spiritual garden, letting it get overthrown, overgrown with thorns and thistles, which would cause my uh, want to come like an armed man and my poverty to come um, like a robber. Forgive me for giving you lip service, pretending, pretending I love you, but not showing any um, fruit of it. God, forgive me for giving you lip service, which would cause you to pour over me a spirit of deep sleep, cause me not to lose my discernment, and to cause me not to be able to understand the word of God. Forgive me for taking the Lord's Supper with sin in my life. Forgive me for pride. Forgive me for not examining my heart. Forgive me for spiritual adultery, spiritual harlotry, which would cause you, Lord, to make me drunk and and to become jubilant and sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake up. Lord, I just speak to each person who's listening, and I say, wake up, sleeper, in Jesus' name. Forgive me, Lord, for um, idolatry, which would cause you to turn me over to a spirit of drunkenness. Forgive me, Lord, for the sin that would cause me to experience hardship and you to give me wine that makes me stagger, which would cause me not to walk straight and and walk the straight and narrow. God, forgive me for my sin who's made you uh, angry with me. Forgive me for committing acts of immorality. Forgive me for gluttony and drunkenness. 
forgive me for not eating at the appropriate time, eating for not eating for strength, but instead eating for drunkenness. Forgive me for gluttony. Forgive me for heavy drinking, light drinking, and drinking. Gluttony, which would cause me to come to poverty and drowsiness to clothe me with rags and me to lose my spiritual clothes. God, forgive me for my sin of spiritual adultery and idolatry, which would cause you to make me naked and me to flee naked on that day of the Lord. Lord, I ask you to clothe me with robes of righteousness in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, I choose to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you. I choose to align myself with your word in the name of Jesus. Now, I come against the spirit of stupor, stupefaction. I come against the spirit of slumber. I command you to go. I command drowsiness, sleepiness to go, a slumbering spirit to go. I command all spirits that would cause their body, their parts of their body to go to sleep. Lethargy, you leave. Energy, lack of energy, go. Indolence, go. I break your power. Slothfulness, I command you to go. Laziness, I break your power. Sluggishness, go. In the name of Jesus, I command drowsiness to go. In the name of Jesus, torpid spirits, you have to leave. In Jesus' name, all spirits that cause me to have a decrease in mental alertness and mental activity, go. In Jesus' name, mental numbness, you have to leave. Uh, spirits of physical blindness, spiritual blindness, you have to go. All spirits of spiritual deafness, spiritual uh, physical deafness, you have to leave in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Every spirit that came in through not listening to your father and mother, you have to go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, all spirits of that cause pain in the back, back problems. All spirits of, of, of ears that hear not in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you to dig out, excavate, and irrigate their ears now, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, forgive me for vowing I wouldn't listen to my mother. I wouldn't listen to my dad, which has kept me from hearing you, God. All spirits that have caused them to be dazed or stunned, go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, all spirits that cause them to live in bewilderment and confusion, go in Jesus' name. I break your power. All spirits that cause them to be perplexed. Our puzzle, distracted, has to go. In Jesus' name, all spirits that hinder their focus, <clears throat> you have to leave in Jesus' name. I break the power of all spirits of disorganization, uh, has to go in Jesus' name. Disoriented, you have to leave. Apathy, you have to go. Coma spirits, I break your power in the name of Jesus. Mental rigi- Muscular rigidity, you have to go. Physical and mental disorders, mental illness, epilepsy, madness, schizophrenia, uh, in Jesus' name. You have to go in Jesus' name. All spirits that cause them to have a heightened heightened suggestibility, hallucinations, I break your power. Fake or mistaken idea, I break the power of error. Mental disorders has to go. Delusions, you have to go in Jesus' name. I break every curse of madness. Visions of grandeur, I break your power. Pride, daydreaming, fantasy, I break your power in the name of Jesus. Um, Imaginations, I tear down, cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Fight of fancy, you have to go in Jesus' name. Make believe, spirit, I I break your power. 
every spirit that hinders their understanding, comprehension, and retention, learning disabilities. I break your power in the name of Jesus. Pretense, you have to leave. I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds in Jesus' name of uh, pretending. I tear down strongholds of disguise, camouflage, cover-up. I tear down strongholds of ostentation. I tear down strongholds in the name of Jesus of seeing things that are not there. Uh, In Jesus' name, I tear down strongholds of error, false notions. I tear down strongholds of false ideas, illusions. I tear down strongholds of of, uh, disconnection that's caused them to be detached. I tear down strongholds of indifference. I tear down strongholds of, that would keep them from aware, being aware of the um, of sensory perception. I tear down strongholds that cause them to be emotionally unresponsive. I tear down strongholds of numbness. I tear down strongholds that would cause them to be callous and lack the sensitivity of others, the, the, the pain of others. I tear down strongholds that keep them from feeling passionless. I tear down strongholds that would cause them to be frigid. I tear down strongholds that would keep them from being uh, kind and sentimental, uh, apathetic. I tear down strongholds of apathy. I tear down strongholds that would cause them to lack enthusiasm or excitement. I tear down strongholds of uh, sorcery, divination. I tear down strongholds of masks. I tear down strongholds of hatred, fear, expressionless. I tear down strongholds that would cause them to be devoid of emotion. I tear down strongholds of a black blank mind. In Jesus' name, I tear down strongholds of um, cause them to be dazed and confused. I tear down strongholds that would cause them to be devoid of thought. Strongholds of a blank mind. I tear down strongholds that keep them from being receptive. I tear down strongholds that hinder their understanding. In Jesus' name, I tear down strongholds that keep them from analyzing things they need to analyze. I tear down strongholds that cause them to lack effervescence. I tear down strongholds that cause them to lack favor. I tear down strongholds that cause them to be incapable of physical sensation. I tear down strongholds that cause them to be motionless. I tear down strongholds of indifference. I tear down strongholds that cause them to be detached. I tear down strongholds that cause them to be distant and alienated and isolated. I tear down strongholds of reservation, strongholds of unsociability. I tear down strongholds that cause them to be withdrawn, uh, introverted, cut off in the name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds of multiple personalities, disassociative identity disorders. We break generational curses of satanic rituals that's passed down. We tear down strongholds of cause them to be emotionally uncommitted in the name of Jesus. All spirits that have disconnected them, cause them to be loose. We tear those strongholds down. Every spirit that keeps their personality from being bright and effective, I tear down strongholds of passivity, strongholds of, of um, being a doormat in the name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds of, of hardness of heart stony heart. Father, take out their stony heart. Give them a heart of flesh. I tear down strongholds that cause them to lack compassion and pity of incapable of being penetrated or affected. I tear down those strongholds in the name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds that cause them to be incapable of physical sensation. 
that cause them to be lifeless, unresponsive, unaware, unfeeling. I tear down those strongholds of cold-heartedness, devoid of sympathy. In the name of Jesus, I tear down strongholds that cause them to be cold and devoid of sexual desire between their married mates, the people they're married to. I tear down strongholds of unmindfulness. I tear down strongholds of coldness, stony face, stony heart. I tear it down in the name of Jesus. Unreceptive, I tear down strongholds of callousness, strongholds of a stagnant spirit in the name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds uh, that hinder change in Jesus' name. I tear down strongholds that cause them to lack vitality, be indifferent and unaffected in the name of Jesus. I tear down every stronghold that caused them to be weak or obtruse or stupid uh, in the name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds that, that cause them to be so preoccupied they don't reach out and love others or don't pay attention to others. I tear down strongholds that cause them to lack knowledge or awareness. I tear down strongholds of uh, not paying attention Heedless, I tear down strongholds that cause them to be unobservant, oblivious, forgetful. I tear down strongholds of fatigue, strongholds that have caused them to be dazed, confused in the name of Jesus. We tear down confusion, gloominess, troubled spirit. We tear down strongholds of a fog mist um, that's hovered over their life. We tear down strongholds of dimness, darkness. Uh, weakness in the name of Jesus, paralysis. We tear down these strongholds, benumbed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we tear down all of these strongholds in the name of Jesus. We cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive in Jesus' name every thought to the obedience of Christ. We punish every disobedience because our obedience is complete. And we thank you and praise you, Lord. And I take a deep breath, those of you that have prayed the prayer with me, take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I speak over them, awake sleeper, in Jesus' name. I speak over them in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I ask you to reconnect them to your Holy Spirit. Reconnect. I ask you to save every person that is listening in that has just given you lip service. In the name of Jesus, the spirits that cause them to give lip service, Fear of what people think, rejection, fear of man. I command you to go in Jesus' name. Just blow out in Jesus' name. The word spirit means breath in Jesus' name. And agree with me in prayer. Lord, I take accountability for the spirit of sleep, drunkenness, gluttony, laziness, and all these spirits, idolatry, spiritual adultery that have passed down on me through the generations. I ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through the bloodline. Washing away any ground Satan's had in my life Through the things I've confessed I break generational curses, soul tie curses Cultural curses off me and my descendants And Lord, I recognize these things coming down generationally I put them under the blood of Jesus And I say they go no further In Jesus' name, praise you mighty God Now give Jesus the praise Praise the Lord for what he's done Now this may sound silly to some of you But I'm telling you, I wouldn't be doing it free of charge if it didn't work for the last uh, 36 or 37 years. Uh, I've, I've discovered that deliverance works when nothing else does. The world can't help you, believe it or not, believe you. They just put a Band-Aid over your spiritual problem. But the answer to your problems is in God's word. 
And the answer for victory and healing and deliverance is to align yourself with the word of God and do, do what I've been doing is word studies. Whatever the problem is, you may not find the disease, the name of the disease in the Bible, but you can find the symptoms. And so that's what I'm doing is when I read the word, I'm doing word studies and I get deliverance every day. You know, the Bible talks about the word washing you with water and the word. I mean, I can do this within five minutes and tears are running down my eyes and my nose is running clear water from, not from my cold, but from just the deliverance that I've been getting. And, you know, nobody ever gets to the place where they're completely delivered. It's a part of the sanctification process. It's a part of working out your salvation with fear and trembling. And, you know, I've been, I've been saved over 50 years and I've never doubted my salvation not one day. Because when I got born again, God transformed me. And every day I'm a work in progress. Every day I get more deliverance. When I first, when I first was saved, I thought maybe I did God a favor because I was a, quote, good girl. But I'm telling you, the more I walk with God, the more I wonder why he even bothered to save me. Because I can see the closer you get to God, the more you're going to see what you really are like. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And I don't mean to be walking around down on yourself all the time. But Jesus is the answer. He won the victory at Calvary. And for us to enter into it, we have to align ourselves with the word of God. And so pray with me if you're listening. Lord, I ask you to fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. In Jesus' name. And if anybody needs prayer, call us. Call in at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press the number one, and we'll be happy to pray for you. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the ministry, and that will give you time to call. If you want to call, uh, I have meetings, deliverance mini- meetings in Duncanville, Texas, um, the first Saturday of each month from 10 to 1. And if you want to attend, be sure and be on time because I just teach one message and then I do deliverance. And if anybody needs prayer, I pray for you after that. If you'd like a meeting scheduled in your church or in your city, if you can just you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. I hope you'll listen in again on the first and third Tuesdays of the month. And I'm also on Omega Man Radio the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. Um, I'm on um, Blog Talk Radio from 6 to to 7 or 8 p.m. Central Time. And on Omega Man Radio, 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time. And uh, you can go on my website and you can order, you know, I mentioned drunkenness. I've, I've written a little book called Drunkenness, Is It a Blessing or Curse? And in that book, I've, I've used every scripture that you could use on drunk, drunken, sober, alert to show you there's not any scriptures in the Bible that tells you to be spiritually drunk. That's heresy, it's false doctrine, and it actually opens you up with, to, to demons. You know, there's ministries, one out in California that they're laying on graves. They're doing grave sucking. And can I tell you, all you get by laying on a grave is a demon or demons. You're not, in fact, the Bible tells you not to even touch a grave. And if you do, you know, there's def- you're defiled. But you praise God, that's why we cleanse ourselves. You know, mechanics have to um, cleanse their hands with a certain cleaner to get the grease off. Well, even in ministering deliverance or ministering to others, you need to 
uh, ask God to cleanse you from all defilement. There's times when we have to go to a, a loved one's funeral or we have to touch a dead person, but we can get cleansed from it by the blood of Jesus. The children of Israel, you know, they weren't allowed to touch the dead, and if they, our priest wasn't, and if they did, they had to go through ceremonial cleansing. And that's what we do. God says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I encourage you to go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. You can go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com, and you can get the schedule. Uh, I'm there every holiday. Uh, We've got Thanksgiving coming up. So it starts Thanksgiving Day, and it's over on the 25th, I believe. It's over on a Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's on, it goes from the 22nd to the 25th, and I don't know of any place in America when you can get a greater deliverance. Every day we have a prayer team that prays for people in the morning, and you can get prayer every day. It's very inexpensive to go, and you can get the information by going to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com. It's in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and um, there's a spiritual warfare coming up in March. But you can go to my website, jerrymcgee.com, and that's all lowercase. It's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And you can order books and tapes, and uh, you can listen to lots of free CDs there. And there's uh, books you can buy, the one on drunkenness. I recommend one on clearing the land. Um, you can actually go through that book. It gives all the curses and listed in the, in the Bible. You can go through clearing the land and you can just repent over. It's a little repentance book and you can actually get deliverance just going through that little book and you can order that online. I appreciate those of you who support the ministry and those of you who support Dorothy's ministry. Uh, We're not in it for the money. If we were, we would choose a different thing, but God's called us to help people and that's what we're all about. So if you can help us, we'd appreciate it. Uh, you can, uh, on my website, there's a place where you can send a gift by per PayPal. And then if you want to send one through PayPal to uh, to Dorothy, and uh, she's the sponsor of this program, it's D for Dorothy, D- just dchurchy1 at hotmail.com. And we just so appreciate you listening in. We hope you'll listen again. And if we can help you, you can email me at Jerry McGee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E, at sbcglobal.net. I'd be glad to answer your emails. Uh, If it's an advertisement, I usually just delete it. But if somebody is asking a question or somebody needs ministry, I'm happy to email you back. And if there's nobody calling in, I just say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And I hope you will listen in again on the third Saturday of each, I'm not, not Saturday, the third Tuesday of each month. I was thinking about my Duncanville meeting. Well, God bless you. And also, if you'll, uh, there's a place to sign up for my email. And I send out little daily thoughts of encouragement and also flyers when I'm going to be someplace different. So God bless you. And thank you for listening in.